Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on March the 3rd, 2011. Newcomers, I always suggest you look into the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com and help yourself to the audios for download and hopefully I can give you shortcuts to understanding this incredible complex system into which you're born, which truly is a pyramid, a pyramid in shape and it's run from the top down and we're all at the bottom amongst the weeds growing up around the bottom of the pyramid. And uh, that's really how the system is, is working. It's worked like this for a long time, and now it's really global. And uh, we're kept in the dark. As I say, we're down along with the weeds there. We're like mushrooms, and uh, uh, we're kept in the dark and fed a lot of you-know-what. So help yourself to the, the audios, as I say. And remember, too, all those sites you see listed on the comm site have transcripts in English of a lot of the talks I've given for print-up. And if you want transcripts in other languages, go into alanwartsentient.eu. You'll see that listed on the site too. And you take your pick from the ones offered. Remember too that you're the audience that bring me to you. If you want to keep me going, you can, you can buy the books and the discs that I have for sale or you can donate, uh, or preferably do both. Uh, for, and a lot, a lot out there can certainly afford it. And those are the ones that generally don't part with any cash at all. But anyway, you can uh, order from the US to Canada. By using a personal check, you find out how to the address and so on at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And you can use an international postal money order from the U.S. to Canada. You can send cash. You can also use PayPal to order. Use the donation button on the com site or any of the sites listed. And then follow it with an email with your name, address and order. And I'll get it out to you. Across the rest of the world, same idea. You've got Western Union, MoneyGram. And some people say in cash and once again PayPal. And remember too that you can also simply give a straight donation or you can donate and uh, give me an order for what you want sent to you. It's up to you how you want to do it. And hopefully I can go on a little bit longer because as I say, um, we're in a battle. We're in a real battle. Most folk don't realize how severe the battle is. I do. And uh, I've mentioned many times when you get out of this matrix uh, tunnel that you're in, you're kept in the labyrinth down below and you're into the lights and you see the field and you see the trees and you want to get to the trees on the other side of the field. There's all these flags up saying, come here, we've got the truth here. And for every type of personality out there, they have a, a little flag up for you, whether it's religion or new age religion. Or don't worry about it, we can all escape uh, when we go through the photon field, you know, the lights belt that's coming across the world, supposedly, and all that nonsense. And so on and so on it goes. And a lot of them mix fact with fiction, and that discredits the fact. And, of course, that's what's intended to do. That's called counterintelligence for those who can think for themselves. But uh, we're in a bad state because we're going into a more controlled. We've all, always been in a form of slavery, whether you know it or not. Every generation has been, and that was confirmed by Charles Galton Darwin, who was a member of the elite, 
and descendant of Charles Darwin, in his book, uh, The Next Million Years. He said, we're now creating a more sophisticated form of slavery. And guess what, folks? You're going through that, that portion now. That we're past the veil, actually, and we're going into the next stage of it because most folk will never, ever realize that they are, in fact, dumbed-down slaves. And that's their only purpose, is to serve the world state, to cough up taxes, and to produce and to behave yourself and disobey all the orders that come down the pike. Uh, that's where we are today. And for those who really, really can't see it, then I don't hold out any hope for you at all. Uh, you have to be able to see this for yourself. Then you look for the information to confirm and go into detail and adds to your knowledge once that's happened. If you can't get there, you never will. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back in Cutting Through the Matrix and I'll take a caller right off the bat because he's from the UK and he's been hanging on there so it's long distance. Is Daniel from the UK there? Hello? Yeah, hello. Can you hear hear me okay? Yes, I can. I'm just wondering, um, with all this austerity that's coming in um, and all these problems that are going to come, civil unrest and crime, uh, why is it they're um, going to cut police numbers? Well, what what you've got now is a different kind of police to begin with. Um, uh, They're going to use a lot more high-tech equipment and, of course, crowd control weaponry. They they already have individual kind of pulsers, you might call them. Uh, These little devices that can literally inactivate a whole crowd, and one policeman can can carry that on his belt. So they've got all the high-tech stuff necessary to deal with it. And what they want to be left with, too, is a hardcore of militarized police, they want to get rid of, they're already doing that, getting rid of the softer cops that used to be the old beat cops, there's very few of those left in fact, but they want the the real hardened type, they'll be any command, plus they're put, I just read today too, they're putting in incredible uh, drone systems for facial recognition, they're going to be flying all over you now too, Uh, they already have some working, but they want full time ones across the whole darn country. So uh, high tech is the way they're, they're going with everything. And believe you me, whenever, whenever they give you anything in one of the science magazines, it's old stuff that they've had for a long time. We haven't seen the real stuff that they're going to use when they really need it. And, of course, that's the secret of it all. Folk will behave as though they know what's out there, and they'll come in their crowds and mobs as always, and then they'll be absolutely knocked out, literally, whole crowds of them just by maybe one, one single person or someone in a helicopter that turns on a switch. So uh, this is where they're going with policing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, can, I, I agree. That makes sense. Um, is that also because the people at the top always will always see um, a police force as a threat to them as well? Um, it, it could be partially that too. Uh, you got to understand in history, uh, so even today when it happens, sometimes the police will sometimes where get things get really bad and bankruptcies really come in big time or there's famine, for instance, or anything like that comes along because of uh, bank collapses or massive debt, uh, then sometimes the police will, some, will eventually be won over by the crowds. They have family uh, who, who come from the crowds, you might say, regardless of their conditioning. And um, sometimes they'll side with the people. We saw some of that happening in, in countries like Greece and so on. 
so um, they are worried about that. But believe you me, they have psychological tests now that are so darn perfect. They know the ones who will turn against them, and they're getting rid of them big time. Yeah. Okay, thanks for that. And also, just one quick question. This, um, all these looks like coup d'etats that are being orchestrated in the north of Africa. Looks yeah. like um, U.S., Anglo-U.S. coups. Is this all in preparation for going into Syria and Iran? Because I take it oh, the, yeah. um, the Mediterranean yeah. is, is obviously a strategic corridor, isn't it? Because all the supplies will come through the Med. And I suppose you've yeah. got... It's, it's that too, but it's also uh, the Council on Foreign Relations a long time ago published reports on a unified Africa. And they want an African bloc, just like a European bloc. And uh, the, the, the United Nations has uh, websites up on that too, that whole aspect of it. And, of course, these uh, occasional people that stand up and have taken over their countries and ruled those countries um, are impediments to them uh, to, to get this national, big, huge, massive bloc, which will end up being as corrupt as, as Europe is already, European bloc. Uh, so they have to get rid of them now. And you're right, though, they're going to go through that. Syria is on the, the target list, even the... The, um, the conservative bunch under Bush uh, were all for that too. And Libya was also listed, I think. And, uh, of course, Iran must go as well. And that's, that's the unification. They'll step, they'll step in for the unification of Africa then, yeah. Yeah, because they tolerated him for a while, Gaddafi, because he was no threat. But now they, he's a thorn in their side, isn't he? They just need him out of the way. He's a thorn in their side, but you see, Gaddafi also pretty well nationalized a lot of the industry over there. And whenever they nationalize uh, a country, uh, and uh, uh, the big oil boys don't like that at all, they're always terrified of their oil systems being nationalized and the money going back to the people. And Gaddafi actually was sharing the cash with the people a lot more than any other North African country. In fact, their poverty rate was below any other country in North Africa, uh, and their education rate was the highest in Africa. So uh, they want to get rid of him for sure. And he's not really the boy. He's a sort of figurehead. They actually have a, a different kind of system over there with a form of a prime minister who's actually the boss. But Gaddafi, is, he steps in to be the strong man when required. But he did fight long and hard to start, stop what he called imperialism, which is just globalism and, and corporate takeovers of uh, his country. And they've got to get rid of him now to get their plan through. Remember, too, the Royal Institute of International Affairs has had a 100-year plan for, for the plans for Africa. A hundred years to unify Africa, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same with um, North Korea, because they're independent. They don't like it. They need every country to be dependent on their system, don't they? Well, they can't have any uh, alternate type of system. At one time, they encouraged uh, split countries. That's why in Britain they gave you Northern Ireland, and they can always get them rattled up once in a while and say, oh, terrorism's everywhere, and then they clamp down on the people. The money really goes to research and development for weaponry. Um, and Canada, uh, they stir up the, the Quebecois in Quebec once in a while uh, when, when nothing much is happening. And the same thing happens there. Uh, m- you know, more cash flows into different agencies and so on, and they expand. So they always they like that. The same the same thing with um, Korea. Uh, they like that uh, having the North and the South idea, and they can shake up the North when required. But but for the new system now, it's time to they've served their purposes. That they've done very well. And now it's time to amalgamate them all into the one global system. Yeah, and the same central banking system, money, debt, all that kind of stuff from the World Bank. Yeah. Standardization, isn't it, of the whole world? Yeah. Yeah, Gaddafi actually um, 
softened in the 90s under pressure from the IMF to start to democratize, as they say. What they meant by that was allow more foreign investment coming in and uh, that kind of stuff. So, I mean, but, but uh, it's not fast enough for the big boys. Uh, they're already, uh, remember Iraq was the same idea. Uh, eventually in Iraq, and I said at the very beginning, the big boys will have a meeting there, they'll divvy up the oil fields amongst Shell and, and, and Mobile and, and Gulf and all the rest of them. And they, they did exactly that. They were given them as presents. And the taxpayers are paying for it all, but they were given them as presents. They want to do the same thing, of course, uh, with Libya. Now they're investigating um, Libya, investigating Gaddafi for human rights crimes and all this nonsense that they cooked up. Said the same thing about Saddam, didn't they? Well, it, it, George Orwell put it all in 1984 uh, when he gave you a, a Goldstein to hate, you know, and they always give you a figure to hate. I can remember when Ronald Reagan had turned his sights on the Soviet Union and he called it the evil empire. And, uh, and that was, that was a, uh, a, it's an old statement being used many times by politicians because one in the 18th century used it, so they keep rehashing it. And then he turned his sights on, on Gaddafi and he said he was, uh, he was the evil Satan, he called him. The evil Satan, or the great Satan. And, uh, so they keep turning their sights. Who are we fighting today? East Asia, West Asia? Uh, that's Orwellian. And they can make any, they can demonize anybody. And uh, unfortunately, it isn't until long after they've got what they wanted, slaughtered a whole bunch of people and plundered the place to ever find any little bits of truth coming out. By then, it doesn't matter. They don't care that it comes out afterwards as long as they get what they want at the time. Uh, and so, but this is a massive, you understand, it took years of preparation to get uh, all of the NGOs with, with the, the trained activists trained for this domino system to fall across northern Africa. They had sleeper, what they call sleeper cells or whatever it is. Have they, they planted them in there decades ago, did they, ready to activate them sort of thing? Is that what it is? They activate them. They've been working through universities again. And uh, you always, always got to get the students on your side and promise them a utopia. And so you need lots of followers who will activate and, and go into the streets. And uh, George Soros is involved. Brzezinski discussed this technique to be used. They call it soft power. And all the followers are disposable because the, but the boys at the top don't care who follows or because they, they know they're not going to give them what they promise them. But uh, when you're young, you're idealistic. You're easily fooled and conned. But uh, there's also professional troops in there too. Uh, there's been talk of uh, special forces being put in there too uh, in some of those countries. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no one in the media seems to have thought it's a bit of a, more of a coincidence that every single country in North Africa... Mm-hmm. Is all rebelling at the same time. I mean, it's just yeah, yeah, that's right. It's just like now again, too, uh, the Bush regime under Cheney and uh, Wolfowitz and so on, and the new, the new American Century. And I put a video up a while back. We hear guys who were in the regime at the top saying they were pushing what they called revolutionary democracy by force. In other words, they were causing revolutions to break out and force this thing called democracy upon them. And of course, the soft technique is the one that's been used now, but it took about ten years to prepare. And, uh, and we're seeing it in action today. And Brzezinski's involved in that. He admitted he's involved in these agitative uh, things happening in, in, in North Africa. Yeah. And it's always for their own good, isn't it? They always say it's for the people's own good. Oh, yeah, it's always for their own good because, you see, the people, according to those at the top, are just too dumb and stupid to know what's good for them in the first place. So uh, you always promise them a utopia. Then, of course, you bring in a central banking system, and that's key. They must bring... See, a lot of those countries did not have... Uh, 
uh, any debt to any country. And, and a lot of the Muslim countries did not believe in central banking or usury. And it's a, you, you've got to bring in the central banking, uh, borrowing from the World Bank and the IMF and so on, to keep you in perpetual slavery, or, or it, won't be wor- it won't work. So this is what we're seeing. It's a standardization of the planet. Now, this is the century of change, as I say, and, and they've talked about this through universities, all given grants by the Rockefeller Foundation. They all live on these foundation grants. That's why universities are always on board with the latest UN agenda. And uh, they talk about the century of change was to be the 21st century. And this is to bring in the standardized system across the world. And the redistribution of wealth is simply robbing who's left with a paycheck in, in the West and, and giving it to the corporations abroad. Great, Alan. Thanks very much. Thanks for calling. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back and we're cutting through the matrix. And, and even though, as I say, Gaddafi uh, had to deal more fairly with, with most of his people, he was still uh, the hard man on top as well. And of course he allowed terrorists to, to train there and so on. But then again, what country didn't? What country didn't? And it's an odd thing too. What is a terrorist? Uh, when you have governments sending special forces into countries to, to upset them from within as well, they're not called terrorists. You know, or where air forces take off to bomb citizens, uh, they're not called terrorists either. So it's all plays on words and so on. The fact is that force, brutal force often is the way uh, that countries and, and masses of people are brought under order. That's always been the way. It's always been the way. You know. And well, I wish it could be different too, but then again, the corruption within man can never allow it to be different because... I was thinking yesterday too, someone called about some socialism and uh, the communists had the wrong kind of socialism or the Bolshevik party. And it's true that the Bolsheviks took a, was a coup, it was a takeover really uh, of the other socialist parties and they became the top ponchos. But it really wouldn't matter because socialism is socialism is socialism and it can only go in one direction, which again is the belief in evolution and science being, being the, the, the master and specialists running the public uh, in every aspect of their lives, right down to depopulation, according to the founder of the Fabian Society, um, uh, Bert, um, uh, it was, uh, George Bernard Shaw. And I put that, that link up to the video where you can actually see him and hear him talking about that. In fact, um, it, it's, uh, see, socialism and communism is fine. It's not meant for humans to live in. That's, that's the thing as I'm trying to say to you. We are humans. We're not just little robots. And there's a lot more to a human being uh, as those who give us all the prompts and, and the, the, the neuroscientists up there know. Uh, there's a lot more to being a human being uh, than simply retraining us to think one way or another. Uh, we have emotions and all the rest of it. Mind you, those at the top understand all this perfectly, and that's why they manage us as a crowd so easily too, because they use our emotional content of our minds against us and keep us happy, dumb and stupid. But as I've talked about Bertrand Russell so many times because he was a key player. He belonged uh, to the, 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 the group that actually gave you your present-day culture. He sat on the boards of these world groups as they talked about what kind of society they were 
getting paid to bring in. They weren't guessing at it and playing at it. They were getting paid to do it. And they got authorizing or authorization from FDR uh, when the Frankfurt School joined. And he, he was part of the Frankfurt School, by the way. And they joined with the Macy Group. And FDR gave them permission. And then it was Truman took over and gave them more permission, more cash to create a culture for America. And it's been entertainment culture, keep them dumb, stupid. They called it um, positive freedom. Uh, oh, sorry, negative freedom. freedom. And that's, that's a term they use in psychology for in philosophy. So uh, what you're living through is, is a made-up system to serve the elite so well. Here's what Bertrand Russell said, and I've read this so many times. It's good to see other people are picking up on it. But I've read parts of his book, uh, many of his books, but one was called The Scientific Outlook. And he said, education in a scientific society, which you're under now, by the way, you've been under it your whole lives. It says it's got two purposes. On the one hand, to form the mind. On the other hand, to train the citizen. The Athenian concentrated on the former, the Spartans on the latter. The Spartans, one meaning brute force, but the Athenians were remembered for intellect, you see. Education in a scientific society may, I think, be best conceived after the analogy of the education provided by the Jesuits. And I'll stop right there because, you see, Cecil Rhodes formed, um, along with, with the, the Milner Group, and the, the Royal Institute of International Affairs dash Council on Foreign Relations, and he said it would have to be based with Jesuit techniques, and this is exactly what he's talking about. It says the Jesuits provided one sort of education for the boys who were to become ordinary men of the world, the workers, and another for those who were to become members of the Society of Jesus. In like manner, the scientific rulers will provide one kind of education for ordinary men and women, and another for those who are to become holders of scientific power. Ordinary men and women will be expected to be docile, industrious, punctual, thoughtless, and contented. Look around you. Do you understand that under the present circumstances and what's happened to countries, uh, they're, they're still fairly contented. They can turn on that television, get lost in nonsense, and, and etc. It says, uh, of these qualities, probably contentment will be considered the most important. In order to produce it, all the, the researches of psychoanalysis, behaviorism, and biochemistry will be brought into play. Interesting, eh? Children will be educated from their earliest years in the manner which is found least likely to produce complexes. Such as, what he means by that is like individualism. You see, individualism is the enemy of the system. It says, almost all will be normal, happy, healthy boys or girls. Their diet will not be left to the caprices of parents, but will be such as the best biochemists recommend. Have you looked at what your children eat? Huh? This guy knew what he was talking about because, you see, they planned and were implementing all that stuff in his lifetime. They will spend much time in the open air, that was the original thought, and will be given no more book learning than is absolutely necessary. Upon They can hardly read at all now. Upon the temperament so formed, docility will be imposed by the methods of the drill sergeant, which they used up until the 60s early 70s in Britain, and then on to the next technique, or perhaps by the softer methods employed upon Boy Scouts. All the boys and girls will learn from an early age to be what is called cooperative. They'll have group meetings in classroom to do exactly what everybody else is doing. Initiative will be discouraged in these children, and insubordination without being punished will be scientifically trained out of them. Back with more after this break.
listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and just reading a little bit from the scientific outlook by the guy who helped set up the system and under which you've been trained, actually, is, is the proper term for it, it's trained. And there's other specialists working alongside of them, like Theo Adorno and other ones giving you your music and your, and your movie industry uh, culture to destroy the, the culture and bring it down to the most basic level so that you're even more easily controlled. You're, you're actually addicted, you see, to entertainment. Addicted is a word. And like all addictions, it has its problems for a healthy psyche. It cannot develop. And he goes on to say here, too, that um, uh, says the giving of these lessons to the, to the masses, of course, we recognize as a highly skilled undertaking reserved for the members of the governing class. All that would be required locally to replace the present-day school teacher will be a lady to keep order, though it's hoped that the children will be so well-behaved that they will seldom require this estimable person's services. And, of course, now, too, they shun you if you don't go along with the group when you put your hand up and vote. Yeah, we're all right, and so on. These children, on the other hand, who are destined to become number, uh, members of the governing class will have a, dev- a very different education. They will be selected some before birth. You see, they were already doing, and already have been long before Russell wrote this, special selection for mating and offspring. Long time before. You go back to Charles Darwin's family and, and see how they simply interbred with the one other family, the Wedgwoods. It says, some during the first three years of life and a few between the ages of three and six, all the best known signs will be applied to the simultaneous development of intelligence and willpower. Eugenics, chemical and thermal treatment of the embryo and diet in early years will be used with a view to the production of the highest possible ultimate ability. The scientific outlook will be instilled from the moment that a child can talk and throughout the early impressionable years a child will be carefully guarded from contact with the ignorant and unscientific, that's the masses. From infancy up to 21, scientific knowledge will be poured into him, and at any rate from the age of 12 upwards, he will be specialized on those sciences for which he shows the most aptitude. At the same time, he will be taught physical toughness. He'll be encouraged to roll naked in the snow. Some of the modern ones would probably enjoy that with each other, to fast occasionally for 24 hours and run many miles in hot days to be bold. It's exactly the same thing as, uh, as, as you find in Wells' ut- a modern utopia. I call them the Sumerai class. Anyway, it's a sense of his high destiny will be constantly set before him and loyalty towards his order, his own peer group, will be so axiomatic that it will never occur to him to question it. Every youth will thus be subjected to a threefold training in intelligence and in self-command and in command of over others. If he should fail in any one of these three, he will suffer the terrible penalty of degradation to the ranks of common workers and will be condemned for the rest of his life to associate with men and women vastly inferior to himself in education and probably in intelligence. The spur of this fear will suffice to produce industry in all but a very small minority of boys and girls of the governing class. I should also mention this would make them utterly ruthless, you understand. And he said that too, that scientific dictatorship would be utterly ruthless. It would be uncaring because emotions are, are simply nonsense when it comes to pure, cold, hard logic, according to Russell. 
except for the one matter of loyalty to the world state and to their own order. And he says here, the world state, folks, you're hearing all about it now. Members of the governing class will be encouraged to be adventurous and full of initiative. It will be recognized that it is their business to improve scientific technique and to keep the manual workers contented by means of continual new amusements. Are you amused, these folks? These days, folks, are you? As those upon whom all progress depends, they must not be unduly tame, nor so drilled as to be incapable of new ideas. Unlike the children destined to be manual workers, they will have personal contact with their teacher and will be encouraged to argue with him. It will be his business to prove himself in the rights if he can, and if not, to acknowledge his error gracefully. There will, however, be limits to intellectual freedom, even among the children of the governing class. See, they're not the bosses, eh? They will not be allowed to question the value of science or the division of the population into manual workers and experts. They will not be allowed to go credit with ideas that the, perhaps that poetry is as valuable as machinery or love is as good a thing as scientific research. If such ideas do occur to any venturesome spirit, they will be received with a painful silence and there will be a pretense that they have not been heard. So they must not be emotional. That was the same too with culling the hair and stuff. There will be no emotions involved. A profound sense of public duty will be instilled into boys and girls of the governing class as soon as they are able to understand such an idea. They'll be taught to feel that mankind depends upon them. And it's true, eh? Oh, there's panic coming. Oh, climate change. Oh, global warming. Oh, global cooling. Ah. Then we all say, save us, save us. eh? And that they owe benevolence to service, especially to the less fortunate classes beneath them. But let it not be supposed that they will be prigs far from it. In other words, they won't be soft touches. They will turn off with a deprecating laugh any too pretentious remark that puts into explicit words what they will all believe in their hearts. Their manners will be easy and unpleasant and their sense of humor unfailing. The latest stage in education, the most intellectual of the governing class, will consist of training for research. Research will be highly organized, and young people will not be allowed to choose what particular piece of research they shall do. That's already in effect. They will, of course, be directed to research in those subjects for which they have shown special ability. A great deal of scientific knowledge will be concealed from all but a few. You see, that's why they choose, and I know people who've, who've, who've gone into different uh, biochemists and so on, uh, and, and done this research. And it's the same research all, everyone's done before them. And if they come up with anything new or a new idea on something, it, it's tabooed by the head guy, the head honcho. Discoveries which upset the official view of fundamentals, if they are made by young men, will incur disfavor and if rashly published, will lead to degradation. Young men to whom any fundamental innovation occurs will make cautious attempts to persuade the professors to view the new ideas with favor, but if these attempts fail, they will conceal their new ideas until they themselves have acquired positions of authority, by which time they will probably have forgotten them. In other words, they're not the, the top class, understand. There's a bunch above them, but they have to really believe in what they're doing. So, it's quite interesting uh, to see that you're actually living through a system well established. It's been on the go for an awful long time, right down to giving you, uh, I, I, like Orwell said, it's, it's like um, com- computers churning out porno groups, uh, porno books. You had that, and it machines turned out porno books to keep the masses happy, and they'd even put them on the shelves here in, in brown packets to make them think they were illegal. Because if, it, if, it's, if it's illegal, you'll want them. You see, that was the idea. But it's all done by the guys at the top. Keep you happy, dumbed down, stupid. And they even had, of course, 
uh, not just machines to make the porno books and then and their awful novels like these Harlequin romances, which are just soft porn, really. Uh, they also uh, churn out your music, too. It's like machines churning out music today. And Orwell knew it all, too, because he was destined to be part of that group. Quite something, eh? when you think about it. Now, there's Patrick from Ontario on the line. Are you there, Patrick? Hello? Hello? Yes, Patrick. How's, uh, how's life in the new Soviet treating you, comrade? Oh, well, it's going to get uh, a lot worse shortly, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah so we're, we're just getting trained. And this is, it's a soft time for the Soviets, you know, but it's, it's going to get harder as time goes on. And uh, I just noticed today, for instance, at Sudbury, uh, just Sudbury in Ontario here, uh, the YMCA it was part of the northern uh, YMCA groups that are funding schools across North Africa. And it's matched by, uh, it used to be called the Overseas Economic Development Corporation as a UN group working for your government, taking your tax money, matching it dollar for dollar for charity, and then they give it to the corporations abroad to make sure they get the same indoctrination. So it's amazing, we're building schools and stuff abroad, but we're, in the same paper, there's pensioners complaining that they can't live on the money they're getting. But what's new, eh? <laughs> Um, I was uh, I was calling in tonight uh, to talk about how successful uh, counterintelligence has been at negating the effect of people gaining uh, different degrees of awareness. Um, mm-hmm. And so, just like you touched on earlier, you know, all the it really is uh, really really is like emerging from from Plato's cave. And then there's there's all the the landmines, all the traps out there, right? Yeah. You know, the the new age, the 2012, the aliens, all this nonsense. And it's all basically the end. The end purpose of it all is to just to get you out of the way, right? Yeah, and not only get you out of the way. A lot of folk are actually get addicted, get addicted to the entertaining side of what's now called conspiracy theory. They chat about it at parties to, to hold people's attention, center of, center of attraction, that kind of stuff. So it's almost trendy to be part of a conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and yeah, and just like I was going to say, uh, even people who aren't necessarily you know chasing lizard men, uh, there's people that are just surfing you know what yes. i mean yeah. um yeah. things that and it really is like a hobby or entertainment right and one thing i was thinking about is people gain for the most part like in my experience anyways i know a lot of people gain some degree of awareness through the internet but then they stay there yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. what if what if they didn't have an internet um and another thing i'm thinking of uh is this internet freedom as we know it like as we hear uh cyber security and all this all this uh stuff coming down the way i look at it is i can see that internet freedom, as we know it, is going to remain uh, while this physical police state infrastructure comes in, mm-hmm. because it's just like people with the TV. Like that was the only time people got upset when they when they messed with their TV. Well, it's the same kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, interesting, uh, like you've talked about how 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 uh, they gave us uh, the computer, and like many many things, you say it takes a while for it to to set in and to connect all the dots, and for the wisdom really of what you're saying to click. And it reminded me of when I was, this was probably like fit more than 15 years ago, before high school, I was at a school called the Institute of Child Study, and they did behavioral studies on us uh, mm-hmm. to help us, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and this was, yeah, like when we were, you know, only a few years old, and we had computers back then. And not only did we have computers, but we had like a forum, not an Internet forum, but a local network forum with a message board. For us mm-hmm. to talk to each other, and why would we need to do that when we're right there beside each other? Yeah. Right. Unless it was to prepare us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, uh, the reason why I was calling is, yeah, like there's all these distractions and people that are just surfing, but 
I mean, let's just think about this for a second. What do you need for survival? Well, water, well, that's poisoned, and they want to monopolize that. Food, that's poisoned. They don't want you to be able to grow it. Air, just take a look outside. You know what I mean? I can go on and on. The immune system, brain, family, community, nation, identity, everything. You know, this is really... Well, that's it. You're right on. They've targeted everything you need for personal survival. Your foods, your water. They're talking about food rationing coming down. Uh, you've also got uh, heating. You need heating, and they're coming in with the carbon taxes, and they probably won't allow you to heat yourself with a wood stove shortly. Uh, all this stuff's coming in. You will literally serve Big Brother, and he'll be the boss, and, and you'll, you'll praise him for allowing you to uh, get so much heat per day eventually. This is what it's coming down to. Yeah, yeah. and, uh, and we've, we've touched on this uh, before, but it's worth repeating that the masses really, really are gone. And it's not just mm-hmm. that they're gone, but... When, they're, when it's time for them to be steered in the direction, they will turn on you. Just like uh, in China, how yeah. if you have a child, they say you're, you're taking our food, and that was done by guys that, that weren't even from China. I think you talked about that uh, yeah. before. Um, and that's really the truth of it. The herd will be taken wherever yeah. wherever they are taken to go. And uh, another thing um, is like that, that G20 uh, documentary about the G20 here in Toronto. Like I respect anyone who chooses to become a police officer because that's a sacrifice, you risk your life, you don't make much money. But the reality is they demonstrated that day where their allegiance lie. And when yes, they're ordered oh, yeah. to beat innocent people or to, you know, when they get a chance to rip the, the fake, the prosthetic leg off an amputee, you know, they'll have mm-hmm. their fun and they'll do it, right? Um, yeah. And it's interesting, interesting to know that before that happened, because I live in Toronto, before that happened, when they were setting up all the, all the everything for that event, they actually brought the police by my work, and they were training the horses, they were conditioning them uh, with someone in an anarchist suit, like straight out of a movie, a full yeah. full outfit, full everything, right? Conditioning not just the horses, but the police officers as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and, and like you've said before, you know, whenever it's time for the next event, they'll do it, and they don't do it until they're ready, but they're, wor- they're getting ready for everything they do every day, yeah. you know? And the techniques are so perfect, I mean... Uh, if you ever read the book, 1984, actually the, the book itself by George Orwell, there's a glossary of terms that he uses in there, like double think and so on. The ability to, to get a new uh, reality given the next day, if you're a bureaucrat or, or a policeman or whatever, and, and to say it off as though it had always been that way. And when those guys, when those cops in Toronto said, oh, this, you can't go past anywhere near this fence, this is now not part of Canada, that's on a video. It's not part of Canada. Well, for a, a cop to literally go into an, an insane statement like that and, and saying it like a, like a bureaucrat from George Orwell's 1984, that's scary. Yeah. That's scary because this guy, too, can be, can be taught that anyone walking across here is, is now a, not a potential but a terrorist. Just kill them, and they'll do that. And if they don't, they'll just bring in someone from another country. That's what yes. globalism is all about, right? That's what globalism is all about. And they signed that document recently when Harper went down to, to meet with Obama. And, uh, of course, it was drafted up uh, over the last year or so with the bureaucrats. But uh, they signed it. And now they can bring American troops into Canada officially and vice versa in times of crisis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, well, it's good to talk to you, uh, Mr. Watt. And I'm waiting on getting paid at the moment, so I'll get some cash out to you when I get here. So talk to you soon. Thanks for calling. Bye now. Bye. But that's the world we're living in. We're, we're living in people, and bureaucrats are exactly the same. When you're told global warming, oh, they all part it like parrots suddenly. They never thought it in their life before, but now they've parted. Oh, it's global warming, and uh, now it's climate change, and they won't question why they're calling it global warming, and now it's climate change. 
uh, even though all their figures show it's been cooling. It doesn't matter. You see, they immediately adapt to the new double-think and hold two opposing opinions in their head at the same time. And they'll put you to death while they hold those two opinions in their head at the same time because you're saying the, the right thing. It's just incredible. That's the scary thing about the techniques they use today. But those who lust for power and, and go into politics and all the bureaucrats um, only respect the ones in higher power than themselves. That's what a typical psychopath does. And, and you know, people who go into the military or the police... Uh, unfortunately, again, like Russell talks about, they're not members of the, the governing class. They're not even members of the scientific class. They're members of the keep the herd in line class. And here's an article here to prove this. And I've talked before about, about the experimentation done on prisoners and done on soldiers too, um, by their own countries and how you're thrown off when things happen. I mentioned a few years back, and it was one of the magazines here in Canada where uh, it was a woman who served overseas and she came back, her, her teeth fell out, her hair fell out, all the signs of radiation poisoning. Well, here's another one here. And this is how they treat you when they've washed you out, wrung you out, got the last bit of blood out you, and uh, they toss you away. Steve Dornan, it says, served two terms in Bosnia, well, in the Canadian military, but is now fighting a different kind of battle on two fronts. He's 45 year old. He's battling cancer that doctors say resulted from exposure to uranium while he served as a weapons inspector in the former war-torn Yugoslavia in 1996. And by the way, there's a lot of amazing uh, deformations, just like they have across Iraq now with this stuff in newborn babies. The Kingston, uh, Kings County resident is also battling with Veterans Affairs Canada for a pension that he and the veterans group says he's entitled to because of his illness. It's just atrocious, Doran said in an interview today, uh, at Tuesday as his wife, uh, Roseanne, entered the second day of a sit-in at the Wilmot Annapolis County Office at West Nova MP Greg, as Member of Parliament Greg Kerr. And we'll, we'll, I'll go back on the story when I come back, because it's quite an interesting way that they use you and toss you away. Back after this. Folks, I'm back, and we're cutting through the matrix. Reading an article about how uh, Canadians, uh, Canadian uh, governments treat their troops once they've used them to do the dirty work for the big corporations to grab a hold of oil fields and stuff like that. And this particular 25-year 20, veteran of the Canadian forces has now got some, uh, a leukemia that's brought on by exposure to depleted uranium that they use on their artillery shells and, and various uh, shells from tanks and so on. It says, Doran, who also served in Afghanistan, he was in Bosnia as well, of course, before that, Afghanistan in 2002, while undergoing cancer treatment, is being treated with drugs and chemotherapy, but doctors say the treatments will eventually stop working. They said he had 15 years to live. But the Veterans Affairs Review and Appeal Board has repeatedly denied him disability pensions, even though the federal court, along with five doctors and two scientists, has upheld his claim. So the review board ruled that the evidence presented by the doctors and scientists is not credible, even though the federal court has ruled that the board has no authority to rule on the credibility of expert witnesses. 
shameful behavior and incredibly unjust, Roseanne Doran said in an email. Their inability to do what's right has personally caused as much precious time, energy, frustration, and major financial strain. The important uh, of these is time, as my husband will become more ill as his disease progresses. Doran says she is staging the sit-in out of profound frustration and desperation. Stephen Dorman said the only option left is to take his battle public. But uh, you, you see, that's how you treat, you see, you're nothing at the bottom. You're just uh, a henchman. I, I hate to say it, but you're a henchman, really, for the big bosses. And they take guys who are really nobodies, and, and as the ads say, you'll be somebody. You put uniform on, you get instant respect. And you can go off and kill people and stuff abroad. And, um, and you get little medals for doing so. But they don't give you a pension when you end up with uranium poisoning, uh, because they don't want to admit that's what's causing it. But this is your real government. These are the governments that give handouts of billions to the banks, remember. And Canada's even given billions out to foreign banks that collapsed, even though we weren't collapsing in Canada, supposedly. Uh, it's just astonishing. But um, all this nonsense about serving your country, when they're telling you on the one hand you're global uh, at the same time, well, do you even have a country anymore? And what are you fighting for? As I say, they divvied up the oil fields in Iraq, and they want to do the same with Iran and elsewhere to the big corporations. They gave them presents off them. And they used the taxpayers' money to fund the militaries. They go out and take over uh, on their behalf. And this is how they treat you when you, when you come back. You're, you're completely disposable. Every, gen, every, every year someone's hitting 17, 18, or 19 ready to join the military. So you really don't count at all. You're completely disposable. And this is what they do, they dispose of you. And of course they don't want to give this guy uh, his pension because then it, it, legally they have to admit that this is causing cancers amongst other troops as well. So he's, he's just a fall guy for it. And they don't care uh, about, about it at all. They know this has been going, going on for years now with other members of the military, but uh, they're not going to admit it. They'll wait till that bunch dies off. Uh, just like they did with most of them were died off after World War II. They were tested in Canada with various chemicals. They were told they were harmless. They were sprayed from aircraft and everything. And most of them came down with cancers. Two survived in the 90s, two to court. And then uh, when they were waiting for, a, a, for, for the answer, I think one of them died. So I don't know what happened to their one. But this is your standard technique. Just keep postponing it, postponing it till they're, they're dead. The same with the tainted blood scandal. Uh, and they gave tainted blood to all the hemophiliacs in Canada. And uh, most of them all died off before they came to their final conclusions. That's just how they play the game. That's the reality of the life we live in and these wonderful systems, folks. And you think they got freedom, eh? Well, from Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God, or your gods go with you. <laughs>